Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit outreachchurch.net for downloads and service information. So much you could say about the Christmas story. You could talk about Mary being called highly favored, and we have. And how the favor of God being on her life didn't mean that she didn't have to go through tough things and that she didn't have to go to a man and tell him, I'm pregnant and the baby's not yours. And while so pregnant she's ready to bring forth a son, she has to get on a donkey and ride to a town with a man who plans to divorce her in his heart when he hears this. She probably didn't feel real favored if we look at it from those circumstantial and external things, but she had no idea that that she would be another the first Christmas that what was happening there, I was just I was praying about this this morning, and I was thinking, God, what do you say about the Christmas story that people haven't heard 70 times? And and I was thinking about the song, Mary, Did You Know?, and about all the things that she wouldn't have known at that time, but there's one thing that came to me, and it just took a few minutes this afternoon to, to write it out, it was that Mary had no idea she would be the first. Mary had no idea that she would be the first, that this would be the very first time that the Spirit of God would come upon a living person. It would come within a living person and a life would be created, a new life not born of sin. That's why when God was talking in the garden, He said, and she shall bring forth a son born of a woman. Not the seed of a man, but born of a woman. Born from a man, but the seed of the Spirit of God. And this was the very first time ever that that the Spirit of God would actually come upon and come within a human being and a new life, sinless, perfect life would be created. The sin of Adam wasn't transferred because remember the sins of the father were passed down from generation to generation to generation, meaning every person born of a man inherited the curse of sin that came through Adam in the fall. But not Jesus. Because it was the Spirit of God that came upon him, who came upon Mary, and created this new life. The Spirit of God bringing forth life, not born of sin, not of a man, as the first time into Adam, but the second time now. Just that's what that's that's the gift of Christmas, right? I was thinking about like what happened there is, and, and that's really the the gift is is really that 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 happening created the way for that to continue to happen because Jesus was the first, but not the last, because he's called the firstborn of many brethren. So that was the first time that that happened, but it was never to be the last time. And every one of us here that are born again, 
that are new creations in Christ have had that same experience that Mary had where the Spirit of God came actually upon and came within us and a new life was created. Not born of sin, not born of a man, but born of God, of the Spirit of God. And I love Mary's reaction because it's, it's so many of our reaction. Um, when, when the angel came to her in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to the city of Galilee, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And that word there, when he says, Rejoice, highly favored one. In our Bible, it just says favored. But in the original language, it's a word, karito'o. It means graced, endued with special honor, make accepted, be highly favored. So the angel comes to Mary, and this is what he says to her. He says, Mary, you've been graced and endued with special honor. You've been made acceptable and are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary looks at him and he says, you're going to bring forth a son. And Mary looks at the angel and says the same thing so many of us say when God says something to us. How can this be? I've never known a man. What's she saying? That's impossible. Because there's only one way that new life begins inside of me. And that's through the work of a man. So it's impossible. And the angel looks at her and he says, Mary, you don't understand. This new life that's being created inside of you is not going to be the work of a man. It's going to be the work of His Spirit. He'll come upon you. He'll come within you. And He'll create new life. That word there is used one other time in the Bible. You know, most words, if you look them up in your concordance or in your Greek study Bible, you can find when it says list all occurrences. You can do it on, on your phone app. You can do it on computer programs. And you, you, you find all occurrences and almost every word is used just all over the place. Especially a simple word like favored. You'd, you'd think that would, word would be used everywhere. But it's only found one other place. In the entire Bible, that word is used two times. The first time is when the angel says it to Mary. He says, blessed are you, highly favored among women. The second time is in the book of Ephesians. I love that the man who said that this mystery is now being revealed, the mystery that was hit of Christ, which was hidden since the beginning of time, is now revealed. That this man, Paul, is the one who actually is the only other person to use this word. It was spoken by an angel, and it was spoken by the man who received the revelation of Christ in us, the hope of glory to the world. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoptions as Son by Jesus Christ Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. By which He has made us and graced us He's endued us with special honor. He's made us acceptable. And we're highly favored. That word there, accepted, is the same word that the angel spoke to Mary when he said, you're favored among, among men. What was he saying? He's saying in the same way that Mary was chosen, that Mary was graced, that Mary was highly favored and endued with favor from heaven, in the same way each and every one of us has been chosen, has been highly favored, has been graced. Why? It's for the exact same thing. <laughs> it's for, it's fine, one of my nephews. <laughs> it's for the exact same thing. Think about it. The angel says to Mary, you've been graced, you've been accepted, you've been favored, you've been blessed, you have been found. You want to come here with me? You've been favored. This should work real well. Kids love me. I have this anointing to make children cry. (laughs) I'm not the baby whisperer. You see, Mom? There she is. I'll get back to my message. You guys want to hear a funny story, though? All right. I was one time eating with one of our elders, Tom Snyder, at Panera, and this little kid, his mom was there, and she had a, a little kid, and, uh, and, and he was probably, uh, he was probably three years old, four years old, no, he was probably five or six, because she had a, a little five or six-year-old boy, and then a little two or three-year-old girl, and then a little baby in a, in a carrier, and she was having breakfast, and the little boy was absolutely throwing a fit and losing his mind, hitting his sister, yelling, causing commotion. Everybody in the restaurant's looking at them, you know? And the mom's trying to tell him to settle down, and he keeps looking at her going, I'm not doing what you say! <laughs> and hits his sister, and she's like, don't you hit your sister! And he looks at her and goes, <laughs> and hits her again. And I, me and Tom were sitting right next to him. I said, oh, that poor lady. <laughs> And so um, she was trying to get her child seat up, trying to calm the little girl down who's crying because her brother's hitting him, trying her best to be stern with the young boy, and trying to clean up their mess all at the same time, and everybody in the restaurant's staring, and I just, I know how she felt. And so I went over to her, I said, hey, I'll, I'll clean up this mess. You just get your kids and, and go, I'll take care of your mess for you. And she said, oh, thank you. So she starts walking out. She's got the carrier in this hand. She's got the little girl in this hand. And the little boy goes, I'm not coming with you. And she's walking and she's going, okay, I'm going to leave. And he lays down on the floor and says, leave. (laughs) Promise. And I'm thinking, oh man, this lady. And she just has this helpless look on her face. So I went over to the little boy and I gently bent down next to him and I just real quietly said, you better go with your mom because there's really bad people in this world, and if you don't, one of them might get you. (laughs) 
He ran so fast, I don't think his feet touched the ground. And he wrapped his arm around his mom's leg, and the mom's looking at me and Tom like, I don't know what you said, but thank you. <laughs> In about seven years, we'll be praying for him up front for this issue that he has with strangers. Just kidding. I know, the halo's shrinking, right? I did it. It worked. And I probably is still working. I mean, you should have seen that kid jump up. I mean, I bet everybody in the restaurant was probably wondering, what did he say? You know, like when Jesus bent down and wrote on the ground when the woman was caught in adultery and all of a sudden it left one by one, starting with the oldest down to the youngest. He looks at her and says, woman, where are your accusers? I have none, then neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And everybody wonders, what did he write? People are probably thinking, what did he say? Because I'm telling you, that little kid ran to his mom. But listen... Blessed be the, fa- God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. You know, you can stand before Him holy and without blame and feel nothing but His love for you. It has nothing to do with how if you've been naughty or nice. It has everything to do with this next part. Having predestined us to adoptions as Son by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. You know that it was His good pleasure to do this? That He wasn't in heaven begrudgingly looking down and saying, I wish there was something else I could do. You know, Jesus said if there's any other way, but the Father never once changed His mind. He never once wavered. He never once had a moment where he looked down and thought, you know what, they're just not worth it. Come back to heaven. I think about that a lot of times. Like if I was a father and I sent my son and he's going to be the Savior of the world and he's going to give his life and I can see the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. See, it's different for us when a baby's born. We're really excited, you know, because all we see in front of us are good things. And we imagine this amazing life that they're going to live and and the children that they'll have and the grandchildren that will come from them and the fun times we'll have and and, and the adventures we'll go on together and how we'll raise these children and to love the Lord. And we all we see in front of us are good things. But God looks down and sees His Son born at the same time as He sees people beating Him with a cat of nine tails and ripping the flesh off of His body. And He sees the people saying, crucify Him and let His blood be upon us and upon our children. See, He sees all this at the same time. It's not as if it was a surprise. It's not as if he sent Jesus and after 33 years was like, oh yeah, that's right, he has to die now. He knew he had to die before he sent him and yet he still celebrated and sent the host of angels to sing. I probably wouldn't have angels sing if I was looking down and seeing what people were going to do with the gift of my son that I was offering up to the world, but he did. Because he saw the day that you, that I, would receive the true gift of Christmas and be restored to relationship and be adopted in to Christ as sons and his daughters. And it says that it was his good will, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, 
by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. What is Paul saying here? It's just a little thing that's hidden in there. You know, it's the, it's the, the glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings, the pleasure of kings to seek it out. And hidden in there in those two words that are only used twice, what is he saying? He's saying in the same way that it happened to Mary, it happened to us. What, what is that? That you were chosen, that I was chosen, that we were chosen by Him for His Spirit to come upon us and come within us and create new life inside of us. And every one of us has had that moment where we've looked at our lives. We've seen the things that we've done. We know. We know who we've been. And we have the same answer as Mary. How can this be? There's no way. There's no human way possible. And I promise you that God has the same answer for us that He had for Mary. What is it? It's not going to be by the work of human hands. It's going to be by my Spirit. He's going to be the one that's going to come and create this new life inside of you. Born not of flesh of a man, not born of sin, not of the original Adam, but now born of incorruptible seed. Born again the first, born the first time into sin, into Adam. Born again the second time into Christ, into righteousness. That's why if any man is in Christ, he's therefore now a new creation. What's that saying? When the Holy Spirit comes inside of us, he creates new life in the same way the Holy Spirit went inside of Mary and created new life in her womb. It wasn't, he didn't take a life that was already there and change it. He didn't take your life and change it. He created a new life inside of you. He created new life inside of you. And now the old has passed and behold, everything has become new. And it's not by the work of human hands. It's by the work of his spirit coming upon because you've been made acceptable. You've been graced. You've been endued with favor. And you've been found worthy to receive what Jesus came for you to have. That's pretty amazing. And when you read your Bible, you just see favored. That is good news. That's real good news. And I was just thinking about Christmas and how when I was first experiencing Christmas, my joy was in receiving. Remember what you were like as a kid, right? You remember? I mean, you, you could tell people it's more blessed to give than receive, but a kid knows, come on. <laughs> we send our son to, to the school store <laughs> with 20 bucks to buy everybody Christmas presents. <laughs> and he buys everybody Christmas presents, <laughs> but he made sure he had enough left for the thing he wanted, too. <laughs> It's okay. I was the same way. And so were all of us. But as I've grown, I find more joy in giving than I do in receiving. Now my favorite part of Christmas isn't to find out what's under the tree for me. It's to see the people that I gave a gift to open it up and see what I've given them. And I was just thinking about how when I became born again, that was just the most exciting thing ever, that I was born again, that I was a new creation in Christ, that I had received, that what Jesus came and, and died for me to have, and that excitement has never left. I still, every single day, thank God, most days, many, many times over again, for the gift of Jesus and for what it meant to, for my life. But now, the greatest joy that I get comes from giving that away and seeing other people receive that same thing that I received when I became a new creation in Christ. To see them get a hold of the gospel and believe that it could be true not just for me but for them too how i become more like my dad as i get older 
My wife tells me that sometimes. She says, you're just like your dad in some ways. But I become more and more like my Heavenly Father as I get older because now the greatest joy that I have is to give away what was freely given to me. To be able to look at somebody and say, silver and gold I don't have. But what I have, I'll give to you. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of Christmas. It's God becoming so human that He was born of a woman and then suffering in my place and dying in my place after living a perfect sinless life so that I could receive the reward of His obedience because He took the punishment for my sin. That's what Mary couldn't have known. When we sing this song, Mary, did you know? There's all kinds of things that Mary didn't know, but I guarantee you she never knew that she was going to be the first person of many that the Spirit of God was going to come upon and come into and create new life inside of. And for every one of us that's born again, that's the true magic of Christmas. That's the miracle of Christmas. It's not presents. Those things are awesome. It's not traditions. Those things are awesome too. It's about the fact that the Spirit of God came upon me, came upon you, came inside of us and created new life. What was impossible with man, possible with God. And that we can become new creations and have eternity starting today with our Father who's in heaven. That's Christmas. So we're going to take communion we're going to take communion right now. And what I want us to do is to, to think about that this was the gift. Like what we're about to receive was the gift of Christmas. That little baby would grow to be a man who would look at people and say, if you want to be part of me, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. The same baby Jesus that was born on Christmas would look at men and say that. If you want part of me, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. What was he saying? I have to become inside of you. You have to receive everything that I came for you to, to offer you. And that's what we're going to do here when we take communion. And I want us to think about this, is that this is really the gift. This is what Jesus came. This is why the angels were excited. This is why they sang. It wasn't because Jesus was going to be so well treated. You kidding me? He had to be born in a nasty place where animals eat. And anywhere animals eat, they do the other thing that animals do. It's truth. And it wasn't because people were going to just fall on their knees in front of Him everywhere He went and say, what must we do to be saved and give their lives? Because it says He came into His own and His own received Him not. They rejected Him. And it wasn't because every time He preached the Gospel, people were going to get saved and, and, and be born again. And, and, and it wasn't because it meant that peace was going to break out amongst people because there were still wars and there's still wars going on now. What the angels were celebrating that day was the fact that the One who would make it possible for relationship with the Father had come. That the way to have what we were created for had finally come. When Paul was writing to the church, he said, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus... In the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Later on, Paul would go on to say that 
because some of you don't rightly discern the body. For this reason, many of you are weak and sick and a number sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. And for so long, many people have been afraid. I, I thought this the other week when, I, when we did the conference, and it was amazing how many people afterwards said that was the first time I took communion without any fear in the least. That examining ourselves and, and judging ourselves is not, have I been good since the last time I took communion? In fact, the most unworthy way that you could ever take communion would be to judge your actions and decide whether or not you're worthy to take communion because you've been good enough. Because the truth is, is if any of us thinks that we're good enough on our own actions, we're not. The way that we judge ourselves worthy to take communion is to ask ourselves, am I born again? Am I in Christ? Has the Spirit of God come inside of me and created that new life? Because if I am, then I'm worthy because He's made me worthy. And if I'm not, there's not enough good actions that could ever make me worthy. So before we take the body, let's just examine ourselves and just ask ourselves, have we received that which Jesus died for us to have? His body was beaten. It was broken. It says that He was bruised for our iniquities and by the stripes on His back we're healed. And He took our guilt, He took our shame, He took our sin upon us, and, and He was beaten for it, and He was ultimately killed for it. But, but have I received that? Have I received what You came for, Jesus? Have, do, do I understand what it is to be in You, to be in Christ? Am I born again? Has the Spirit of God come inside of me and done a work? Not with human hands, but something that was impossible for human hands to do. But have, have You come, in Holy Spirit, and created new life inside of me? The way You did it at Christmas with Mary? And if the answer is yes, then you're worthy to receive communion. And if the answer is no, then we'd love to pray with you right now. You can actually become a new creation in Christ and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior and receive that which He bled on a cross and died for you to have. Is there anyone here who's nervous about taking communion? It's not a scary thing. Everybody here then, we can say, I'm in Christ. And not because of my good deeds, but because of what He's done, I'm worthy to receive. Everybody be able to say that? Everyone. Is there anyone who can't say that with a clear conscience? All right. So God, we thank You that we're worthy because of Jesus. That You've made us worthy to receive what You came and bled and died for us to have. God, we ask that every single punishment that He took, God, every single stripe that He took, that none of it would be wasted, but that we would receive the reward of His obedience in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen. In the same way, He took the cup after supper, saying, this cup's the new covenant in My blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of Me.
New covenant. Not the old, the new covenant. It says that I'm no longer justified, I'm no longer right standing with God because of my actions, but that I'm right standing with God because of the One who stood in my place and was perfect on my behalf and gave His life and offered it up as a sacrifice for mine. See, that's the only thing that makes us worthy is the blood of Jesus. The work that He's done inside of us, there's nothing no human hand could ever do. But what's impossible with man is possible with God. This is the gift of Christmas right here that we're about to take. It's a new covenant. It's to know that I have relationship with Him, that I'm born again, that I'm adopted into His family as a son, as a daughter, and that I'll spend eternity with Him. And that I stand before Him, not when I die, but right now. I stand before Him, cleansed by the blood of Jesus, blameless, holy, and acceptable in His sight. Right now. There's no veil of blood that I pass through when I die. The way I stand before Him right now is the way I'll stand before Him on that day. I'm either acceptable or I'm not. and has nothing to do with my good works and my good deeds. It has everything to do with the blood of Jesus, which cleanses us of all unrighteousness. God, I thank You for the blood of Jesus. I thank You that He shed it for me for every single thing that I've done and will do. That it cleanses me of all unrighteousness. But God, that it changes who I am. That my life no longer belongs to me, but it belongs to You. And I ask that every single drop, that none would be wasted. But that He would truly get the reward of His obedience in my life, and in my life lived. In His name, Amen. God, I thank You for Christmas. I thank You for what it means. I thank You that You came to earth, that You became human, that You lived and You died and then You were raised to new life so that I could live and then die and be raised to newness of life in You. God, I ask that we would all understand that that first time the Holy Spirit came upon a human being and created new life was a pattern for many, many to come. And I thank You for that new life inside of each and every one of us. I thank You, God, for the miracle of Christmas that's happened inside of each and every single one of us. In Jesus' name, Amen.